<laughs> this is another... <laughs> Almost turned into Return to Innocence on the Pure Mood CD. <laughs> Speaking of the 90s, as we were before we started recording. Uh, hey, this is a follow-up house mini, which is a shorter episode uh, of our podcast instead of our regular episode where we review a bad movie and talk about it. On one of these, we're going to do whatever we want, and this time... Stu Balls is driving the car. Now, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, Stu Balls over here is getting over a 24-hour bug, and I spent most of the day in bed uh, and drinking broth and tea, which sounds lovely, but in reality, not uh, so great. That's uh, right. 24 hours watching the movie Bug over and over and over <laughs> yeah, again. Oh, boy. Oh, that's man. That's Stuart, it. wait, hold on. T- uh, sorry. Uh, we stumbled into it. I have to tell you, I finally had the local Brooklyn experience of seeing Michael Shannon somewhere. Oh, cool. Where do you Speaking of bug. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I was coming back from Fort Greene on the G uh, train, and there he was okay. on the platform in some sort of bowling shirt with, like, a horse on it. <laughs> and I was like, that's yeah. Michael Shannon. Uh-huh. Was he was he reading a book? Was he scrolling through his iPod mini? He was scrolling through his phone. I don't want to get too much into what, you know, you know, he's a he's a man. He's a human man. I don't want to report too much on his So he was looking at porn on his what phone, what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he was. Uh yeah. So this has been another installment of Dan McCoy Paparazzo. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like I go, who's the interrupter now, dog? Dan. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, I had to get my TMZ in there. Now, he used to mention a classic, a classic Brooklyn experience, which is true. I believe it was the uh, Lenape uh, Native peoples who first spoke of <laughs> Michael Shannon being sighted among the trees in what is now modern-day <laughs> yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he was mistaken for a Bigfoot, much like his hit film, uh, whatever that Bigfoot that Christmas Sasquatch movie was. That Sasquatch Christmas one that we watched? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and they and you know it's a legend says that he carved the buttermilk channel by dragging his axe. He was so tired one day. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Local Brooklyn stuff. Okay, so <laughs> so it's important. It's uh, it's cool that Elliot brings up myths and legends because uh, as I should we had- should we, inter- should we introduce ourselves or do you want to oh, or should we go into what what you were going to do? I mean, if they're still listening, they probably know who we are. <laughs> Good point, good point, fair point, uh, but, fair point. Okay, no, that's fair. We are professionals, so let's keep it super profesh, dudes. I'm Stuart Wellington, and joining me are... Dan McCoy. And I'm Elliot Kalen, and the reason I wanted to bring up introductions is so that I could briefly mention, I'll tell you more about it later in the show, our October 19th show at Vidiots is coming up, two shows in one night at Vidiots in LA, and Flop TV, the recording of our most recent episode, is up to watch. I'll tell you more about how to get there later in the show. Stu, back to you. Okay, gang. So as I uh, I had you guys uh, do a little preparation before this mini, and uh, that's because on today's mini we are doing the definitive 2023 rankings of horror movie villains. That's right. This is the definitive for all this year, 2023. We'll revisit it next year, of course. Um, So what we're going to be doing is every year, every year we do definitive 2023 horror villains, which is why (laughs) it's been hard up till this year to do it. Finally, we get to do it. Difficult because we didn't know what villains would actually be in the horror movies in 2023. But going forward, it'll be much easier because we'll be looking back rather than looking yeah. forwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as as uh, as astute listeners can see, Elliot caught me slipping. He got me doing a little slip of the tongue. You know, that's that's on me. It's fair, fair's fair. Uh, I'll take my lumps. <laughs> so, uh. 
So Stewart's, uh, Stewart's defense is extreme affability. <laughs> hey, fair is fair, you know. So we uh, so he rolls the, with what, the wave. He doesn't steal himself and get knocked over by the wave. Yeah. He rolls with it. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to be ranking fourteen of the most iconic horror movie villains. And we're going to be ranking them on three categories, and then we're going to be totaling up those scores, and we're going to see who is the 2023 ultimate horror villain. Okay, you guys excited? Yeah. Obviously, yeah, you'll I have am. an opportunity, in addition to giving your uh, your score, you're also going to be able to make a little bit of an argument to defend your case. So we're, of course, going to be ranking our horror movie villains, as I explained to you previously, <laughs> in three categories. The first is scariness. That's a, okay. These are all on a scale of one to ten, one being least, ten being most. So scariness, uh-huh. star power, okay, and then finally <laughs> lucky dip, which will be a random category determined by you guys. I I love it. <laughs> okay, and it's going to be different for each uh, for each villain. Okay, mm-hmm. so the. So why don't we get start? Uh, why don't we get started with one of the smallest, but certainly not least, horror villains? That's right, Chucky from the Child's Play franchise. Okay, do you guys have uh-huh. uh, experience with Chucky? Have you seen any of the uh, Child's Play movies, or maybe the television show, or maybe uh, I, purchased any dolls? I believe that at this point, <laughs> I have seen, except for. Th- Three, maybe, but I, I think maybe I have, and I just keep forgetting it because two and three are, three are kind of forgettable. I've seen all of the mainline Child's Play films. Oh, okay. Wow, that's pretty impressive. I feel like I've seen a handful. That's my answer. Elliot? I've, I think I saw the, I've seen the first one, but it was years ago, and I don't remember it hugely. And I don't know that I ever saw any of the sequels or the television show. It was just not a series that particularly appealed to me. Hey, Brad Dorif, don't get mad. You're great. But the mm-hmm. series just didn't appeal to me. Well, can I say, Elliot, that um, I his eyebrows know, I, are bristling when you say that. <laughs> no, no, I look. I, I've given up trying to change anyone's mind about uh, any pop culture thing, but I haven't given up on providing gentle nudges of my own opinion. And that's to say that, like, one of the things that I really like about the Child's Play series is uh, Don Mancini. Uh, he 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 wrote the whole thing. All of the like. Movies are are by the same screenwriter, and he treats like everything the Star Wars that, prequels a sign and, of quality. And he treats everything as canon. So the fa- so it's just fun that like the movies start off serious, like get campier for a while, and then get more serious again. But he still integrates the campy stuff into the film, like as if like yeah, this is all just part of one big timeline and. There's a lot of twists and turns that are kind of surprising in the series. That's all, that's all I say about it. Love it. That's a that's a firm argument. So mm-hmm. now it's time for well, us I'm, to give I'm, us. I'm a- in the middle right now at uh, at home with watching uh, Kobayashi's humanist masterpiece, The Human Condition, which is a nine hour series. Look. And I mean, maybe when I'm done with that, I'll pick up Child's Play where I left <laughs> off, which would be Child's Play Two, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then. Get get right with that series, yeah. Uh, I mean, who's to say who's living life more correctly? <laughs> <laughs> I would argue there's time for both in life. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so first we're going to start with scariness, guys. One to ten, where does Chucky fall? I'd like to give Chucky two scores on this. One, me as a child, and two, me currently as an adult. I'm going to say no. Okay. As an adult, I'm going to give Chucky like a two. It's not that scary to me. He's an easily overpowered 
small doll. But as a kid, that would be a 10 plus. I found him so scary. And there was a cardboard standee, a much larger than life-size cardboard standee in the video store where I was a kid of Chucky. And when that movie first came out on VHS, and I was so frightened by it. I thought just the image of him was so scary. And so as a kid, I would say super frightening. But as an adult, I'm going to give him a two. Okay. Dan, scariness. Uh, I, this is tough because I would say that Chucky has Give undergone- him three scores. Give him three different scores. <laughs> no, I'm not going <laughs> to really do that. really makes you mad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Ch- Chucky has undergone a process of Freddy Kruegerization over the years where he you know becomes like the wacky protagonist of his own series. And once that happens, you, you get less and less scary. Uh, but I did find the original Child's Play- really scary when I first saw it. So I'm going to give him a six. I think the thing that is that really put me off, that puts me off about Chucky is the same thing I found scary as a kid, which is his total mean-spiritedness. He is so mean, and he's so, like, yeah. just, just there's nothing. Um, <laughs> Unlike those sweet killer dolls. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, there's a certain kind of, like, uh, I mean, my my type of killer, and I'm sure he'll show up in this ranking, is more of a, like, hulking, silent, you know, Jason type. But the- Maybe. But there's, maybe he'll show up in the rankings, who knows? But there's something about Chucky that is just so like vulgarly mean. Like he's just a yeah. mean, like the kind of person with, where completely without without the wit of a Freddy Krueger is just saying mean, insulting things to people while he kills them and, and like being rough and abusive. And that's really frightening to me. So, yeah. I'm gonna, and I'm gonna split the difference. I, I give Chucky a solid five here because as you guys said, as a child, very scary, less scary as I become a massive muscular adult. Uh, let's go on to- uh, let's You have go become to... a massive muscular adult, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about- a- MMA. Uh, star, star Is power. that what that stands for? <laughs> yep. It's a massive, massive muscular adults? adults. <laughs> yeah. Just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, you know it's, like, you it's get. like guts. <laughs> and so, th- so it's, it's one step above the VMAs, which is very muscular adults. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> in a battle royale yeah. for best music oh, videos. I gotta, watch, I gotta course, start watching the VMAs. And that goes above TMI, which is too muscular infant. <laughs> that infant is too muscular. Yeah. <laughs> what is I he working out mus- with? I don't understand. Yeah, what a piece of shit. Was he lifting his placenta? What's going yeah. on? What's in that formula? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's got to oh be juicing God. if he looks bigger than me. <laughs> we, thought, we thought we were giving that baby formula. It's creatine. The whole time it's the creatine. Wow, yeah, yeah. It's some, it's some off, off-brand off rip fuel. <laughs> uh, okay. Wait, so wait. That's- blow the dust off the top of that. Above formula, it says super soldier. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, that we shouldn't have been giving him the one from the dusty bottle. That was that was that's our yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well. <laughs> Uh, that's our that's our mistake for being hunchbacks and having to get the uh, the right formula. Um, okay, so that is uh, that's going to be uh, scariness. What about star power? How how much staying power as an image does Chucky have? One to ten. Hmm. I'm, I mean, I, it's, it's you said you go first, Dan. You love this. I'm going to put him close to the top because I I think that it's a pretty. Iconic looking uh, monster. It's a very, you know, like all the bright colors and whatnot, but also like. Yeah, the thing every iconic monster has bright colors. <laughs> well, but that's it, like Dracula, it sets him apart. <laughs> the mummy, <Mother>. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the xenomorph, just bright, but, psychedelic. <laughs> but beyond just the look, like. Like a fresh piece of tropical fruit, all these monsters. <laughs> there's like eight mainline. Chucky movies that, as I say, like keep a 
continuity that makes sense, unlike a lot of long-running horror franchises. Plus, there's a reboot. Plus, there's like that Chucky TV show, which I kind of want to check out because I think it is also Don Mancini. But um, I don't know. I'll go with eight. Here's the thing. I would say. Oh, sorry. What did you say? I was just going to say solid score. Dan, I am with you. I think it's an eight as well. Very, uh, really stands out and obviously has lasted the test of time. Elliot. I'm going to say the same thing. Actually, I was going to say eight. Personally, again, not that attracted to the idea of Chucky or the, and I don't mean sexually attracted. I just mean interesting. <laughs> the, the, not that it's not Insane, that dude. Yeah, okay. I even considering it. Is that one of the ratings? How much of a boner you get? From <laughs> I mean, the it should be later on. I could, assume could be in the lucky dip. <laughs> yeah, yep. that the clearly it doesn't appeal to me, but Chucky has stood the test of time and has outlasted the kind of dolls that he was even uh, a yeah. kind of horror yeah. take on. So you got to give him a. I would say eight. Also, got to give him a high mark for iconicity. Okay, and now here's the random category, and I'm going to let Dan pick a number. Pick a number between 1 and 14, and that'll determine what is the category we're ranking him on. Five. Five. Let me mark that down. Okay, five would be... This is, Actually, I think he's going to crush this one. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good do you think Chucky would be at hosting a morning show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's got to be a 10. Very oh, man, much he's so. going to fucking crush it, right? He would be a very yeah. abusive, again, rough and abusive on his guests, but he'd, he'd no, do a great job. Yeah, I think another 10. I mean, it would be like an Adult Swim-style morning show. Yeah, it's like the of. Eric Andre show. Yeah, very much so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say the only, the I feel like there would be some level of him putting people off with his meanness, so I'm going to give him a 9, but that's 10, 10, 9. That's some good-ass scores, Chucky. Let's, that's going to be tough to beat, but maybe somebody will. And I think uh, I think we have another heavy hitter for our second contestant. That's right, Michael Myers. He looks like William Shatner, but weirder. <laughs> Michael Myers from the Halloween franchise. There's been a million of these. I've only watched, I don't know, some of them, and a lot of them are crappy. Uh, but let's see. Let's see how good he ranks. So, Michael Myers. Uh, have you guys uh, Have you guys seen some of these Halloween movies? I have seen every Halloween movie except for number five. Oh, okay. Was there is there yeah. a reason why number five didn't? Uh, well, I actually am planning on watching it soon because I just watched number four for the first time. Basically, like you know, one through three all have their partisans. Like you know, like one's a classic, two is like an okay follow up to that, and then three is like weirdo bonkers stuff that horror fans love. Yeah, and it's the then, best one. And then later on, you know, there was like the reboots that started coming out when I was in college or whatever. And so like I would see those or, or high school. Like you know, H20? I would, yeah, H2O and the uh, <laughs> others. It's not, it's the 20th anniversary movie, <laughs> isn't it? Like it's not about right, water. You're right. I mean, they, people call right. H2O, but that's stupid. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not like now he's made out of water. Oh, he, he can do if whatever. Only. He can slide under doors. But, if only no. Hydro Man is Spider Man's toughest villain. <laughs> His most <laughs> beloved villain. Hydro Man, anyway, the only anyway, villain the- that the only villain Sony is like. Eh, let's not make a movie about him. Eh, let's do, yeah, no, yeah. Let's do all the other ones. <laughs> to to tie up a boring loose end, basically like. You know, like those slip through the craps cracks, and they don't have many <laughs> many partisans. Those two are kind of regarded as some of the low points of the series, but I I was just like, you know what? I've come so far. Let me just plug this hole. So I'm watching them this Halloween season. That's exciting, Elliot. Have you seen? Have you watched all of them? Have you watched any of them? Have I've you ever w- seen I've a Halloween? Watched, I've watched the first three, and then 
it's pretty spotty hit and miss after that. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the recent new ones. Uh, on uh, the, the yeah. So. Don't worry I about it. <laughs> I haven't gotten into those. I, f- I find that, uh, and we'll get into this in greater in greater depth, I'm sure, with our rankings, that Michael Myers to me is like a more primitive early version of something I like a lot, but is yep. not, is not he's not all the way there, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, well, why don't we jump, just jump into it? What? How do we rank Mr. Michael Myers in scariness? And that's not Mike Myers the comedian. Which We're in case 10, Michael 10, Myers. 10, 10, 10, <laughs> hugely scary. <laughs> He marries an axe murderer. These days. <laughs> how scary do you have to be? To, yeah, how scary do you have to be to do that? Yeah. Uh, I think this is another case of, you know, his. he's been dampened by time. In this case, not by becoming campier, but becoming, like, being in so many bad sequels. Like, because if we were uh-huh. ranking just on the original Halloween, I'd put him at, like, an eight or nine. But I think sort of overall now I've got to go with a seven. Okay, that's still a solid score. Elliot? I think, you know what? I think I'm going to give him a five. I just, okay. and it's, I probably would have found him scarier when he was, in, when he was a fresh new flavor. But uh-huh. by the time <laughs> I got into horror movies, he had already been around for a long time. And there were, there were better, scarier, his, his children were scarier than him, as we all hope. We all hope our children will go on to be scarier than we are. That's for the mm-hmm. American dream. But, yes, uh, yeah. but it's always put a damper on him. I've never found him too particularly scary. Yeah, there's something relentless about him. And also, he somehow learns to drive a car while in a mental institute. So that's impressive. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he scares mm, Donald Pleasance. And he's kind of a scary guy, so. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to, yeah. It's like like Quint's shark speech. Like, if something scares that guy, I'm scared of it too. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, I think I'm kind of with you. I mean, have you seen Wake and Fright? Donald Pleasance is a creepy dude. So uh, he is, and yeah. I have. So that's uh, <laughs> not 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 featured in this not featured in this list, though. Okay. Oh. Uh, so that's I'm, <laughs> it's too I'm bad. giving it. I'm giving him a whopping six for scary. So we're gonna move on to star power. How lasting an image is Mr. Michael Myers? How uh, how much of a star is he? Uh, I mean, he's clearly had a lot of le- longevity, but even though I personally. Ha, there's no movie in the 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 Friday the Thirteenth series that I like as much as I like the original Halloween and the third Halloween. But mm-hmm. I mean, which Michael Myers is not in? But like, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, like I really love Michael Myers because I love Halloween yeah, yeah, Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what? I, you know I love Boba Fett. That's why I love Star Wars: <laughs> A New Hope. Yeah. Um, no, I realized it didn't make any sense after I said, <laughs> but my point is like, as much as I, I feel that way, like Jason has become so much more like the iconic vision of that kind of slasher. Like, so mm-hmm. I feel like I have to give him, you know, Michael Myers some demerits for having that sort of <laughs> taken yeah, away from him. after class. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, I, but there's been a lot of movies, so I'm still going to go with an eight. Oh, wow. That's good. Okay. Elliot. I think I'm going to go with a seven because, again, his his individual, like, stature, look, all that, I don't find particularly iconic, but still around. He's still here. Mm-hmm. Like like Stephen Sondheim said in the song he wrote about Michael Myers, I'm still here. And so yep. the you can't, and you can't deny that. But he does feel like the, he, he feels B-team to me at this point, which takes, you know, I'm going to give him a six, actually. I'm going to give him a six because he, he feels wow. beat And also, I'm just going to say this. I've never been a big fan of the first Halloween. I find mm, it one of those movies that mm. I can watch for historical importance, but it does not do it for me, you know. 
And I'm great I'm song. Actually, great song. It gets it on the the song is the song is more iconic than the than the killer. I feel like Halloween by King uh, by Merciful Fate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Halloween by Merciful okay. Fate. No, the, the no the 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 theme from the movie Halloween, the the John Carpenter theme. Okay, uh, I'm actually going to drop him down. He's only getting a four from Stewart because I think he, 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 you know, he already has uh, a strike against him because he doesn't talk. But also, I just think he's kind of boring. Um, and a jumpsuit. I mean, come on. I agree uh, okay. that he is. I agree that he is boring. Kind of boring. Yeah, kind of boring. And I feel like one of the reasons why there's been so many and is that I feel like a lot of filmmakers are trying to recapture the feel of the first time they saw the first Halloween. And I think they are ignoring what actually makes makes that thing scary. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, that's a half warm thought. And I'm also pretty sick. So ignore me. No, but uh, I, okay, there's so- certain, I feel like the things around Halloween are scary. Like the name is a great name. The poster's a great poster. The song, like the theme is a scary piece of music. And I think there's a lot of stuff that is, it's like, but at the middle of it is this empty hole or shape as he is credited as, uh, well, that is Michael Myers. I don't know. I feel like at this point you're, you know, your your tongues have been too flavor blasted by uh, <laughs> flashier <laughs> horror movies. I think that like the way that Carpenter uses those big empty frames and has like things slowly sort of reveal themselves. It, it, like if you were, you know, watching it in like, like a dark room. If I was watching room, it in the late 70s. It would be, I'd- yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know so, that he's uh, got Prince of Darkness coming out of him. So I'm not, I'm yeah. like, there's scarier stuff coming from this guy. Yeah. So why don't we do, it's Elliot's time. Why don't you pick a number between one and 14 for our lucky dip? 13. <laughs> 13. Okay. This is, this is going to be a challenge, but possible. On a scale of one to 10, how well do you, or how good do you think Michael Myers would be at writing a career defining novel? <laughs> I'm gonna. I mean, going for myself, I'm gonna have to give him a one on this one. I feel like okay. he's okay. I don't feel like he is the. He is the. Uh, maybe it's just because he doesn't talk. Maybe he's got all those words hemmed up inside. But I think he would have trouble sticking the course and finishing the book. Wait, he's so relentless, but not. I don't think in the way that he would. He would just be sitting down and pounding out those pages every day. Wait, now, are you when you say career defining? I mean, it could like, define his career as bad. As a bad like, writer, yeah. <laughs> well, In which case, yeah, a, you're defining his career as a writer, or could he like as write a, writer, a ro- yeah. Roman Aklef and like <laughs> define his career as a murderer, which would be easier. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to give him good marks. I'm going to say a seven because had a lot of life experiences and doesn't talk so clearly <laughs> has a rich inner life. Yeah, yeah. Still probably, waters do run deep. Yeah, yeah. He could draw on as yeah. You know, he's probably yeah, thinking yeah. in prose. Yeah, and most writers that I know are kind of weirdos anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give him a six. I think he, I think there's a decent chance he's got some words in him. But as I said before, I find him kind of boring. Okay, so let's I mean, move on to number three. I mean, that's my real worry yep. is he would be talking about murdering people in a boring way. Yeah, um, yeah, it'd be too matter of fact. Okay, yeah. so moving on to our third contestant. That's right, we got Jigsaw from the Saw series. Mm. It's a man, but it's also a doll. What? <laughs> so Chucky. Yeah. Kinda. I mean, it's not really. It's not a animated spirit. It's I feel more like of a, I. It's a I guy the, named John Kramer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I saw the most recent Saw, the Saw X. I missed you a saw, bunch. Saw. Yeah, I saw Saw X. Seesaw. I missed a bunch in the middle. I'm sorry. This is probably, you know, uh, jumping again and answering a question you may be asking. No, get in there. But, get in there. But part of, like, I, you know, it's not a series that has been one of mine, but everyone was like, this one's good. And I'm like, 
all right, you know, I like have this time to kill and I have like, you know, a movie pass. So I, I watched it and when the doll showed up, it felt like the most kind of... Elliot's head is steaming right now. <laughs> yeah, well. Dan's like, mm, I got nothing to do. I guess I'll we'll see a movie beds, I don't even want we? to see. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, no, when the like the doll shows up, and I'm like, this feels like so pro forma. Like the doll is just like Jigsaw's like a prop comic <laughs> serial killer. It just like happens yes. to have a doll associated yes. with them. It doesn't do anything. Well, like mm-hmm. he, like all the, I mean, all the great heavy metal bands pretty much have their mascot that shows up on their albums, and Jigsaw's like uh-huh. that. He's got his doll. The doll's just like a character that shows up. It's not like the, the, you know. Uh, like Iron Maiden's not singing songs about Eddie, but he's there all the time. He's just around, you know? Yeah. The, uh, and like John Kramer, the, uh, Jigsaw basically die. I think he dies at the end of part three, but he's still killing people way f- further past that. Yeah. I feel like your argument about the, uh, the, the Chucky movies having a long, like continuity and canon that is the one appeal of the Saw franchise is that they like, it's all treated as like one long story. Yeah. Uh, and Carrie Ellis comes back uh, after a while, which is hilarious. But they do <laughs> it like so much cl- more clumsily and weirdly, which is like added it's, value if that's you the fun like of that it. sort yes. of thing. But yes, the fun is that it's dumb. Yeah. yeah. The, like when uh, I watch the a long other stuff series, is not fun. I don't necessarily want a seamless epic tale. Like I kind of no. want bumps and and shudders no. <laughs> and jolts and things that don't no, make I sense. No, I know. I just like something about the Saw series way of doing it is too slipshod for me. Whereas, like, I enjoy the way that the Chucky movies actually kind of elegantly <clears throat> keep it all together. Okay, so on uh, on scariness, where does Jigsaw fall for you? <sighs> I I mean I've seen him from the outside. You know, like I know he's. Uh-huh. You've never been Jigsaw, so you're saying <laughs> no, like, you've been the other characters. I've taken the omniscient <laughs> view of the film camera, and I know that Jigsaw is just this kind of weak, dying <laughs> guy. You know, sure. um, and he does these traps rather than killing people, and the traps are like. Yeah, technically Fuck. he doesn't kill anybody. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, but they follow. <laughs> technically, his- it's the trap he set up that kills the somebody. His hands are I, clean, officer. <laughs> there needs to be an entire yeah. episode of or an entire <laughs> series of like Ryan Murphy bullshit, where it's like <laughs> the people versus John Kramer. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has that dumbass like moral code that makes no sense in no- a number of ways. Uh, so that stuff makes him unscary to me, but. If I put myself in the viewpoint of like someone in one of these traps, I think that would yes. probably freak me out more well, than anything else. In the- yes. if you're gonna you're apply, like, Dan, are, you you have afra- a- are you gonna apply? Are you afraid of the dark logic? Which, as <laughs> yeah. I said before, when me and my brother and sister would watch, are you afraid of the dark on Nickelodeon? We'd be like, well, it's not scary to watch, but if it was happening to us, we'd be scared if that was happening. Yeah, it's the premise scary. of all horror movies. <laughs> no, no but I know. horror movies should be like, oh, it's scary to watch, and if you were there. Oh. Okay. Yeah, well, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about are do you find this character do you find Jigsaw scary? Well, that's why I'm going to split the difference and I'm going to give it a 5. Okay, Elliot. I'm going to give him a 1. I haven't seen wow. most of the Saw movies. Uh I just don't find I, I don't find him personally very scary and there's something about I've never been a big fan of like trap stuff. 
I feel like yeah. this episode mm-hmm. so far has made me talking about things I don't like as opposed to things I like. But the idea, I like a, I like, so I like someone who gets his hands dirty, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to someone who's just like, mm, I've set up an intricate series of <laughs> events that if they go right, you'll die, and you'll, <laughs> you probably will, because at a certain point they're just arcade. Who is an X Men villain that I like, even though he is terrible at his job. Everyone always escapes. His pl- his stuff he does is way too over elaborate and. That is makes it less scary to me. Yeah, yeah. You got to assume he's got a failure kink. I'm about to (laughs) tread on what I assume is well trod uh, stand up ground from a decade or or more ago. But like, I see the traps. What's the deal with Barack Obama? (laughs) No, I see the traps. I'm like, where does he find the time? (laughs) He's like, yes, especially as like. a weak Says the guy dying saw, man. saw X in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan, if anyone knows how much time a human can have on their hands, it's you. That, that's not to bring it back to X-Men, but that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is whenever you see Apocalypse or Mr. Sinister in like their lair and it's full of huge computer screens, and there's all these elaborate <laughs> consoles. I'm like, so was he just there with a, with a drill and a screwdriver and a soldering <laughs> iron just making that by himself for weeks? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he has course. contractors, then of course he has to kill them afterwards. <laughs> of course, which, yeah. Uh, and they were like, well, this alien technology is kind of hard to come by, Apocalypse. It's going to take us a few more weeks than we thought it would. Oh, I was supposed to be kidnapping the X-Men like two <laughs> days ago. When you're still not done yet? No, it's going to take some time. Hey, hey, pay me, pay me now, pay me later. I can leave right now. And, just, and you're just going to have to bring me back to fix it. Okay, all right. Survival of the fittest, et cetera. Anyway. Apocalypse, you can get it done well, you can get it done fast, or you can get it done cheap. You can only get two of those things, though. Uh, Okay, so uh, I'm kind of with you guys, although, honestly, I'm kind of scared of traps. As much as I love games, I would hate for those games to result in me dying because I'm not actually good at games. So I'm going to give Jigsaw a six. Now, star power, I think we're all in agreement. Not a lot of star power there for Mr. Jigsaw. No, I don't think yeah. so. No. Although there is well, a part in a later Saw movie where John Kramer shows up at like a serial killer convention or something wearing a hat, uh, a baseball hat on backwards. That's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, ca- I, cash jigsaw. But yeah. I, I think any if the if the character is upstaged by his doll that doesn't actually <laughs> do anything, then I think that character is as low star power. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's the problem. They split the. <laughs> they split the star power between a doll and an old guy. Uh, and I got to say, Tobin Bell. It's like, is it's per- like if Freddy was better. Freddy was not as well known as his car, you know? Yeah. That, that's yes. what it feels like to me. Yeah. To- Tobin Bell is a, a charismatic actor, though. And I think that, like, in the series, like, I, I don't know. I mean, like, this most recent one, he does look very old. So, like, that mm-hmm. combined yeah, with that, he's, he's, he's supposed man, yeah. to be dying. <laughs> <laughs> Makes him a little less alarming to me as like a physical threat, but I, you know, I'll, I'll give him a two for oh, like see, personal I, see that, charisma. That might make it a little scarier to me, as that he's a he's a specter of the harbinger of age, which waits for us all. If we're yeah, lucky. that's true. I'm giving him a one. He's not that scary to me. Dan gives him a two. Elliot, what do you give him? I'm gonna give him a one. Okay. So lucky dip, Dan. Give me a number between one and fourteen. Nine. Number nine. Uh oh. This is actually, I think he's going to be good at this. On a scale of one to 10, how well do you think Jigsaw would be at managing a restaurant? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll give him a 10 for that, for sure. Yeah, he's, all about, oh, man. he's all about administration. He's all about delegation. <laughs> Planning. Yeah, of course. yeah, he inspires legions of acolytes, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> put him in a managerial role. <laughs> 
Yeah, oh, yeah. he's gonna shoot up the a corporate ladder on that. He'll be oh, running Bennigan's in no time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even have to be there. He does most of his work remote. It's amazing. It's gonna, they're gonna be like so as as the head of of the McDonald's Corporation as CEO. You're 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 appointing a dead man, a man who died years ago. <laughs> he's just that good. Just watch this fire. You'll be convinced. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, Dan. Uh, I'm guessing that's a ten from you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, he crushed it. He gets a 10 for me. Wow. Yeah, that lucky dip really kind of brought him back. <laughs> wow, yeah. Okay, our next one comes from Beyond the Stars. Our next villain is the Predator. That's right, an alien mm. hunter. Uh, obviously, you guys have seen some Predator movies, right? For sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. I think I've yeah. seen all of them except Predators, the one with Adrian Brody. I still haven't seen that one. I, I saw that realizing... one, but not the other one, not the Shane Black one. I didn't see. The... I'm Oh right, you know what? I didn't see that one either. So that's there's the two. Except it's weird when the pre, it's weird when Predator is a character who's been around for forty years at this point almost, mm-hmm. and yeah. the best movie that he was in was the most recent one. That it took that long for him to be in a in a really good movie. It's in, in it's Prey. great. Yeah, Prey's great. Yeah, I <laughs> guys, I'm realizing something disturbing about myself, and that I have seen all of the Predator movies, and it's not even a franchise I particularly care for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, Elliot's been right all these years. <laughs> Elliot, what should I be spending my time on? <laughs> I mean, things that inspire or uplift you, things that touch uh-huh. your emotions. Uh, okay. There's a little bit of a hit and miss. You don't always know what's going to create that reaction. Sure. But often, if you, uh, forgetting what TLC says, if you do stick to the livers, rivers and the livers and rakes yeah. that you're used to. You're just uh-huh. raking up those livers like you're used to. Then yeah. you're not going to experience anything new or fresh. Yeah. You got to chase new things. That's why, I, uh, and it's, that's why, if I see a movie, I'm I'm at this point, I'm more excited to watch an old foreign movie I don't know anything about than the latest chapter in a franchise that I'm familiar with, even one that I yeah. like. I've I've started reading more again. I'm reading the Three that's Body good. Problem. Great. Oh, that's, cool. Uh, How do you like it? It's good. A little disappointed you thought it was about a threesome. <laughs> How do they lock them all together in the right configuration? That's a three yeah. body problem. Guys, I've started reading romance novels. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Good. That's fantastic. Hey, you know, I like to, uh, you know, I got to ch- I like to change it up. Can't all be and, fantasy and sci-fi. No. And meanwhile, I should talk. I'm I'm now rereading the longest book I've ever read, The Power Broker, uh for an upcoming project that it looks like I'll be working on. That's a little Teaser for later, maybe. But uh, but I stick it. That is the most not chasing uh, waterfalls it could be is reading a huge book that I know will take me a while that I've already read. Yeah, it's the Power Stroker, your porn parody. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So (laughs) I invented this device. You won't believe what I call it. (laughs) Uh, So do you want me to do? How are we going to do this? Parkway or expressway? Now, why do you express on the parkway <laughs> your you, semen? I mean, <laughs> you, but you don't park on the expressway. Except, if, but if you could park, if he says if you could park debt butt this way, that's how he does it. Yeah. Anyway, I can't think of a, a porn name for Robert Moses. I can't think of it. So, Robert blow this. Anyway, so it stars Robert blow this. Slobbert Slo- blows us. <laughs> yeah, Robert blow this or Robert do this. Yeah. Um, okay. Robert does so, us. <laughs> so, uh, the Predator. Where do we fall on this guy? The Predator. How scary? I think he is, uh, he's one where I think he's scary in capability until he gets beaten at the end in every, every one. Uh, and also, scary in appearance. He's got a, he's got a creepy crab face, you know? 
uh, and I, so I'm going to give him an, uh, yeah, but except, seems you know, like I'm a weird, like, weird shaming, but that's okay. Well, except I'm not, it's okay. He's not real, but, uh, except that, uh, <laughs> he's not that, you know what, but he's not that scary. It's not like I'm watching the movie and I'm like, Oh, I'm scared. So actually, you know, forget what I just said. He's again, if you know, he was, I'm just thinking about if he was chasing me, if he was chasing me 10 out of 10 scary, but watching the movie, I give him maybe a four for scariness. It's, but to he's me, an there's like a monster. Yeah, he's there's like a there's an overwhelming force from him. Like yeah, he's so he is so much better at hunting you than you are at running away from him. Yes, yeah. like a like a like a dentist on vacation shooting an elderly lion in a cage. It feels yes. very unfair the way the predator hunts its human victims. <laughs> he's you know he's so imposing and the design is good. Uh, if a little too humanoid for me, that's one of the problems I yeah. have. Yeah, Predator, but but uh, but like that that is frightening as a design. Uh, but like Elliot, I don't get that scared watching the movies at all. So I I'll put him at a five actually. Put him at a five. I I still find him pretty. I I find him fairly scary. Uh, and so I'm gonna give him a seven. He's this like overwhelming uh enemy that has. Uh, you know, a collection of wonderful toys. That's right. So we're, uh, I think this is a pretty good time. Now that we're talking about wonderful toys, I think it's a perfect time for us to have a little word from our sponsors. Uh, thanks. Uh, today's episode is supported in part by NordVPN. This VPN is easy to use. You can connect with one click or enable auto connect for zero click protection. With 5,800 plus servers in 60 countries, you can find a server near you for better speed or to connect to a faraway location to freely explore the internet. And the speed is confirmed by SpeedTest to be the fastest VPN out there. Um, I, you know, look, if you want to be safe on the internet, you should be using a VPN. I mean, it's just a general truth. Uh, and the only thing that, like, ever would keep you from it is like fear that it was too slow. But I think NordVPN has effectively disproven your thoughts, doubter, doubting VPNer. So why, I don't know why this has taken such an adversarial uh, oh, damn. attack Shame with the into using it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to get our exclusive d discount off of your NordVPN plan, plus four months for free, go to nordvpn.com slash flophouse. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So that's nordvpn.com slash flophouse. I've got some Flophouse show things to tell people about and then one personal thing. So tickets may still be available when this episode comes out for our October 19th shows at Vidiots in Los Angeles. Vidiots is a great venue. I really love it. It's a special one. Uh, it's very beloved here in LA. And I'm excited to be there. We're going to be doing two shows, 6 p.m. We're talking about Speed 2. At 8.45 p.m., we're talking Three Men and a Baby with our special baby guest, Hallie Hagland. That's right. The star of the show will be joining us live on stage. Go to vidiotsfoundation.org. Both of those shows will be totally original shows, new presentations, new talk, nothing the same in between them except the same three lovable Flophouse dudes. Go to vidiotsfoundation.org. I think tickets may still be available when this comes. We're also recording this just a few days after our most recent episode of Flop TV, our online broadcast show. We talked about Hot Dog, the movie, and Hamburger, the motion picture. It was a lot of fun. I got so mad talking about Hamburger, the motion picture, <laughs> and 
and Dan taught us all about a movie that somehow sounds even worse than that one. <laughs> Did you miss the episode? Don't worry. If you buy a season pass to Flop TV, you will still get access to all the episodes we've aired as well as to new episodes when they come out. Our next new episode will be the first Saturday in November when we are talking Over the Top. Greatest sports movie ever made? Possibly. We're going to find out. It's Over the Top, first Saturday of November. I'm really excited about it. Go to theflophouse.simpletix.com. That's theflophouse.simpletix.com to get tickets to individual shows or a season pass. You save a little bit. And as always, it gets you access to all those old episodes. Before we get back to Stuart's uh, horror monster power rankings, I want to mention that I have a comic book series that's currently in stores now. I was not promoting it during the strike because it is a corporate-owned IP, but the strike is over. Time for me to promote it. This series is called Hades. It's from Dynamite Comics and is a five-issue series featuring Hades, the villain from Disney's Hercules movie. That's right, Hades. He is... Back on the prowl for evil. Basically, it's a— It's not it's a, a dating story, then. No, not You're a dating story at all. For it's, a second. It is a heist story. Hades has decided he wants the power of the Golden Fleece so he can get back at the Olympian gods, and he assembles his own little team of heisters, Orpheus, Arachne, Icarus, and the Minotaur to help him get that stuff. Uh, there's twists, turns, betrayals. There's lots of Greek mythological characters— I had a lot of fun doing it. The artist by Alessandro Inaldi, who does a fantastic job with it. It's super fun. The first two issues have come out. Number three comes out October 25th. It will be five issues in total, and that is Hades from Dynamite Comics, written by me. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad that was the personal information that you had. Like you, had a, you said you had a personal announcement, and I'm like, oh, no, he's going to be like, I've decided to quit the flop house to go back to medical school. Yeah, yeah. I have a personal announcement. I have faked my own death in order to abandon my family. I now live in South America. Do not look for me. <laughs> oh, wow, you're doing uh, this great. weird. <laughs> Co-Optober continues in celebration of National Co-Op Month. I'm Palmer Muniz, producer and a worker owner at MaxFun. I'm Mrs. Ambrosio, producer, and I'm also a worker owner at Max Fun. This week is all about community. Of course, we couldn't be a co-op without the Max Fun community, and we love it whenever members of our audience get together. So we're having another Max Fun meetup this Thursday, October 12th. And next week, we'll be hosting a panel discussion with other worker owners across the co-op community. And we are still selling our limited edition launch crew merch available to all Max Fun members. But only through the end of the month. For more info on Meetup Day and everything Co-Optober, head to MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Have a great week. Okay, and we're back. Uh, now we've, uh, we're have currently ranking the Predator, the Predator monster. What is it, a Yautja or Yautja, whatever that alien race is called? You know what? Uh, I, I, I don't think I've ever known. Yeah. It's an oak tree. <laughs> yep. Oak tree. Oh, it's Tilda Swinton and Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> so it's a super cute little big pig. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been the tagline. Little line. big pig. <laughs> yeah. That's a phrase. I wish I could take credit for it. That's a phrase that my kids use a lot to describe uh, things. And if we're ever doing Mad Libs, I'll be like noun, and they'll go, mm, "Little big pig." <laughs> so. Now, do you imagine um, Dustin Hoffman's face on that pig? <laughs> they put him yeah, in a lot yeah. of incredibly pig elderly pig who lived out yeah. west. Yeah. Uh huh. And then James Cromwell's like, "That'll do, little big pig." <laughs> 
Okay, so we're ranking The Predator. We have already ranked it on scariness. Time to rank it on, uh-oh, star power. How much uh. of a star is The Predator? He's got cool uh, dreadlocks and a mask sometimes. A variety <laughs> of weapons. He wears fishnets like a- <laughs> All over like Cher. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fishnet body stocking like Cher in the <laughs> Turn Back Time video. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, or it's, you have to imagine the Predator is always showing up after a Rocky Horror Picture screening where he's he's gone as Frank and Furter and now he's out killing people, you know. Maybe if he was asked, he'd be like, actually, I was dressing up like a bag of oranges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just an easy Halloween costume you could do around the house. Yeah, be a bag of oranges. Okay, so guys, star power for the Predhead. What do we do? I mean, like you said, got a lot of flair, got a lot of wonderful toys. I also (laughs) think that, you know, other than like maybe the crab mouth, uh, Predator is one of the monsters we've talked about that I could more plausibly see someone thinking is sexy because it's just a big, like beefy guy, basically, alien. Oh, yeah. He's not Uh, skipping leg day. So, Oh, no. Again, maybe not my series, but I'm going to give an eight for star power. Okay. So here's the thing. I normally, I feel similar to, similar with Chucky in a way where it's like Predator for so many years was a real also ran kind of second tier one of these, you know, after I'm sure we'll get to him at some point, the Xenomorph, which is, I'll I'll just spoil, for me is kind of the king of all these these monsters in a way. But again, just like Sondheim wrote in his, in his song about the Predator, I'm still here. Like the Predator clawed his way up to being a top draw and I really got to give him credit for that. Then maybe he, he this is, some stars are born and some are made, and the Predator made himself a star. So I'm going to give him, I think, a nine. Not bad. I'm going to say, you know, I feel like the Predator, his look is a little too busy for me. I do like the clicks, and I like the other sound mm-hmm. effects, like the sound oh, effect yeah. when he, you, like, see his, like, uh, his thermal vision, or uh, I also like his little, like, three laser laser sight thing. I think that's pretty cool. I will but again, I, you there's know, a I'm lot drop, going on. I'm going to drop him down to an eight because whenever he's using his claw hands to press the buttons on his mm. wrist controller, it looks silly. That looks okay. that looks silly to me. Yeah. Yeah. It seems, uh, yeah. I, so I'm only giving him a six. So I'm sorry, Predator. You, uh, you lost me a little here, buddy. <laughs> now, guys, uh, <laughs> Elliot, Elliot, can you give pick a number between one and 14 for the lucky dip? I'm going to say two. Two. Okay. This is an interesting twist. On a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to invite the predator to a nice restaurant? Oh, Argu- I mean, possibly I got- one run by Jigsaw. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I mean, if it's the Jigsaw restaurant, maybe I'm going to say one for two reasons. One, I don't know if he's on the hunt which would make it an awkward meal. And also, I don't want to watch him sticking food in that crab mouth. I'm sorry. That's I don't mean true. to be face-shaming him, but yeah. I don't. I have. We have a pet crayfish in our house. I watch that eat, and it is frightening. It's, it's frightening and grotesque. Yeah. So. I, I, saw a, I saw a crab eat like a pinky once, you know, like a little baby hairless <laughs> mouse, and it did it oh. from the back. So the thing was still alive for most of the meal. It was the Ugh. worst. And, and I think I the crab know. knew what was happening and was like, I'm doing this to freak you out. <laughs> It's very possible. I could see the Predator doing that. I don't know why the restaurant is serving him live pinkies. Maybe that's what he ordered. But. <laughs> that's true. Why'd they put that on the menu? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think that there's, like, going to be a lot of destruction if you take a Predator to a restaurant. That's that's a number one concern other than, like, the Predator killing me. You know, that, that's that's 
a number one, double A number one concern, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so don't want to hang out with someone who wants to kill me. A uh, lot of destruction because of some ambiguity in the wording. Would you invite a predator to a nice restaurant? I'd say, what if the scenario is you're tricking the predator into a restaurant you filled with explosives so to end this hunt, this game? You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like guess, I guess in that situation, that unlikely I'm, situation. <laughs> so, you know, no, for that very unlikely situation, I'll give it a two. Just, just <laughs> I will that say, bumps it up from one. <laughs> I want to. Ch- I don't remember what I said. The predator was in terms of scariness, but I want to mention. I think the predator's scariness involves context. In the jungle, in the first movie, I don't find him that scarier. But in Predator Two, which is a bonkers, not good, incredibly racist movie that doesn't make any sense, he's much scarier in an urban setting. There's something about the fact that mm-hmm. he can, he can be going after regular bystanders that is very yeah. scary to me, as opposed to the jungle where it's like. Well, I'm never going to be on a black ops mission in Latin America, you know, with my with my mercenary team, you know. So I'm not. That's not as yeah. scary to me, you know. I don't know. I feel like you could be like the quiet religious guy who goes crazy. Thank you. I appreciate team. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm going to give. Uh, I'm going to be a little higher. I'm going to say I'm going to give the predator a three because you know when you stroll into that nice restaurant with a predator on your arm, you're going to be turning some heads. People are, That's true. People are going to be looking at you a little different. <laughs> You're dressed to impress. Okay, mm-hmm. so we are now moving on to our fifth horror villain, and this is a little bit of an outlier because this this monster doesn't have a franchise. We are talking about the Baba Duke. Mm. Baba Duke, oh, gay, gay icon, Baba Duke. <laughs> I love yeah, that Baba Duke started as an ironic gay icon and just became just became one. <laughs> The Babadook, which, uh, yeah, Jennifer Kent, the director, specifically put in the contract that could not have sequels made. Wow. Smart. One and done. Very smart. And then she made one of the most soul-scouring movies I've ever seen, The Nightingale. I still have not been able to bring myself to (laughs) watch it. Uh, Okay, (sighs) so The Babadook. On terms of scariness, have you guys seen The Babadook? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Seen The Babadook. Seen it. It's a great movie. Yeah. Scary? I'd cert- I'm give it. I, the thing is, I'm going to give it a ten in terms of scariness. The movie, but the scariest scene in that movie to me is the one where she is in the car and her son is flipping out and she cannot get him to calm down. That is so much scarier yeah. to me than anything the Babadook does, except for the part where she pulls her own tooth out. That's again, it feels like the humans are more scarier to me than the Babadook in that movie. But the Babadook's making them do it. So mm-hmm. that I'll give the Babadook an assist on that. Yeah. So, so my rating comes with levels. This is sort of like the galaxy brain. Brain meme. <laughs> sure, okay. okay. Sure. So, like, the first level is, fuck, man, that Babadook in that movie is pretty goddamn scary, all right? Uh-huh. Then you go one above that level, and you're like, yes, but the moral spoiler of the Babadook is, like, she learns to live with it. Like, she integrates it into her life, like, by not letting the fear take over. And mm-hmm. it's just sort of a general metaphor for, like, the depression you know, the bad feeling that we all have to live with. Uh, and then, so like, maybe it's not that scary because that's a good message and you can live with it. But mm-hmm. then the galaxy brain sort of thing is like, it's uh, uh, so much scarier to think about the fact that you have to just do this hard work of actually dealing with problems for your whole yeah. life. So yeah. I, there's I'm no, going to give no, it a nine. A nine. That's pretty good. I think there's no there's no magic spell or artifact that is gonna 
shoot the Babadook yeah. into a portal and you don't have to deal with him again. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's no like uh, reverse summoning ritual that you can perform that gets rid of the Babadook. You just yeah. have to <laughs> deal with it forever. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. the noise quiets a little bit. I'm going to add in, I'm going to, there's a little bit extra scary about the Babadook because I have to assume this is the case that, that the visual is so, um, is so uh, informed by kind of minstrelry iconography, mm-hmm. the top hat and the like, the exaggerated features and the and things like that. And that it's, so there, the scariness of, uh, of institutional racism and cultural racism is also kind of, is kind of uh, built into that into that creature, that guy. Yeah. On, the, uh, on the other hand, on the other hand, you got to imagine the Babadook handcrafting those those picture books that he leaves behind, and that is less scary to me. The idea of a monster involved in handicrafts is less scary to me. Well, this mm-hmm. is actually the so uh, not to say that there aren't you know overtones of what you're saying, Elliot, because I can see where it comes from. But uh, is my understanding that the Babadook's look was directly. Uh, inspired by this film that I just looked up, uh, The Man in the Beaver Hat in London After Midnight. Or, sorry, London After Midnight is the film, and The Man in oh, the Beaver oh, Hat with, is with Lon the character. Okay. And here we see Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Then maybe it's a total coincidence, because he does look like Lon Chaney in London After Midnight. But except, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know if I totally buy that, actually. I mean, it could be a touch of uh, yours and a touch a bit of, of mine. A little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm giving. I'm giving him a ten. Babadook. That's a, that's a scary one. There's super a super scary. Uh, yeah, super scary. So, uh, and I think uh, I think Elliot's kind of uh, ranking also ties in with this next part. Star power. How much star power does this Babadook have? I feel like for having only one movie and how well it's entered the cultural consciousness a little bit, it's pretty scary. That's yeah, some. Superstar. That's some solid. That's some star star power. And super star power, I would give them a 10 on star power. And also it takes you back to when those when these movies were young, like when when horror movies in the old days, you didn't expect a character would have a whole franchise. Like, and they were scary characters. Like you look at Bill Lugosi's Dracula, he plays that character in two movies, 14 years apart or something like that. He's in Dracula, and then he's in Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. And otherwise, I don't know that he's on screen as Dracula at all in between those two. I might be forgetting something, but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's iconic star power. When you when you can when you can establish that with one movie and that's the way you used to have to do it. So yeah, Babadook, 10 out of 10 for star power. Yeah. Um I'm gonna ding the Babadook a little for not having maybe the same man on the street ap- appeal as Jason if you're gonna like ask someone to like <laughs> yeah. do you know a horror thing? Uh, he's well. He's like the Parker Posey of, of right. horror monsters, yeah. where it's like in the right community, he's a huge star. Yeah, but I like, agree. On Twitter, people know all about him. <laughs> <laughs> this is especially yeah. coming from a Judy Greer lover like like Dan McCoy too, especially. Well, that's what I'm saying for the for the for the memes, for the uh, gay iconness, for the fact that people can like talk about the Babadook and people know what it means, and the Babadook is such a funny word to say that it ends up in a lot of it's jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll still go, uh, you know, I'd still, you know, I, I'm, I'm being held back by the man on the street. My my imagined man on the street who may be very different than my prejudices, but I'm going to say eight. Still very eight. high for for, uh, high. for a character from, uh, what, New Zealand movie? Yeah. With no, so, yeah. no famous stars in it, at least no famous American stars. 
That's pretty high. That's high. Yeah. Uh, I'm and I'm I'm giving the Babadook a nine uh, again because uh, it's one of the biggest lessons is you leave them wanting more. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You want you want more of that Babadook. You only it's get a so, taste. It's so much scarier and so much more impressive. Like it's just so much more of an impact that you know that he's left living in that basement, right, or closet, whatever it is, with that family having to deal with him as we all have our Babadooks that we have to deal with, rather than like. Babadook too. Now some teenagers go from America go to the New Zealand coast for the for <laughs> spring break, and the Babadook shows up like the same uh, way that that Pinhead becomes 40 increasing. Forty down. I'm Sorry. sure we'll talk about Pinhead at some point, but Pinhead becomes increasingly less scary and less ominous and uh, and uh, imposing. The more you see him just hanging around, talking to people, and doing stuff, you know. Yeah. And by that by that last one where Pinhead has three roommates. And they and they've got and they're like, oh, we've got a, my boss is coming over for dinner. Can you you guys have to help me pretend that I don't have any roommates well, in uh, say, Hellraiser Six? I hope I wish I didn't have roommates. That's by then Pinhead has lost all you know, all, lost all his mystique. We'll save your Pinhead talk for later. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. we are now into the lucky dip, dip category for the Babadook. Dan, give me a number between one and fourteen. No doubles. You can't double it up. Seven. Seven. Okay, how well, on a scale of one to ten, do you think the Babadook could plan a retirement party? (laughs) 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 Oh boy, this is this is a tough one. This one, well, can I I go first, Dan? Can I go first? Sure. Yes, I'm going to give him an eight on this because one, again, good with crafts. Two, yes, he's he's good at getting to know people. He he can make a personalized children's book pop up book. I think right for everybody. I feel like he's gonna do. He's gonna be like, here's what's gonna be special and really get at the heart of this person who's retiring. We're gonna make some things to put around, and he is good at getting. He's good at getting people to do things that maybe they don't want to do, like almost kill a dog and pull their own tooth out, and maybe yep. even people who don't want to get involved in this retirement party. He's gonna be able to get them to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think. I, the crafts angle is good. I hadn't thought of it. Like the Babadook is definitely uh, a creature with an aesthetic. So there's mm-hmm. that. Um, and, you know, there's something uniquely sort of keyed into middle-aged and elderly emotional concerns about the Babadook to me. Like it seems like the Babadook is a creature that maybe bedevils you only once you've reached a certain point in your life and can reflect on... Uh, yourself with a certain amount of emotional maturity. And so uh, that might come into play. So I'm going to say a seven. Yeah, yeah. Elliot, what was your number? What was your number on that one? I said eight. Eight. I'm uh, I'm going to go with Elliot on this one. I think an eight. Uh, the Babadook also, I feel like can really connect with people that are also considering the uh, the fears of getting older in age. I think yeah. there's something about that. So yeah, uh, yeah the Babadook, not a bad, not a bad score got- for... He's going to do a good job putting the party together, but at some point he will say something tactless to oh, the, the subject of the party. Yes, that's why of he doesn't course. get higher marks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so our next uh, our next villain, I think you already uh, you already guessed it. That's right, the leader of the Cenobites himself, Pinhead. Uh oh. Originally performed by Doug Bradley in the early Hellraiser movies, and then uh, did, did he play Pinhead up until the recent reboot? I thought Dan? so, but I could be yeah. wrong about that. Now, at least two of those are good movies. There's a few that are not so not as so great. Uh, <laughs> have, you, have you guys seen all the Hellraiser movies? There's so many of these, and they get so bad. Like, like three is still passable, but then I feel like it it takes a dive off a cliff. Yeah, after after two, I've never been able to to get myself 
uh, I've never been able to get my ass to Mars and uh, yeah. and watch the rest of them. I I still have some affection for which one is it? Hellraiser Inferno. I think that was the one by the guy who made Sinister. Um, that feels like a it feels like a nice little like self contained story that is in the like Hellraiser universe as opposed to just like a like a sloppy like you know like slasher clone that just happens yeah. to have heads. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the first two. Obviously, they're the wettest horror movies you're ever going to see. <laughs> the first so one, goofy, yeah. They're so fucking great. And, like, arguably, Julia is one of the, like, all-time horror movie villains. What a great character. Uh, it's so awesome. A movie about a woman bringing a guy back from the dead because she is so horny for her husband's brother. Oh, it's great. I love it. Well, that's yeah. the amazing thing about it, the about Hellraiser is it became, they, they turned Pinhead into kind of, like, a Freddy or Jason type when he's such a, he's such a side uh, part yeah. of that first Hellraiser movie. It's not about him. You know, he's just a, he's just a glimpse of the horrors that exist in the, you know, beyond our dimension. And that first one's only like 85 minutes or something. It's like so tight. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's short. And to that, there's a little, I feel like there are times when even at that length, I'm like, all right, Hellraiser, like you can keep going, but, uh, oh, I don't need this montage of her bringing men home and killing them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But even just the idea that like that he's he's coming back to life in stages, you know, and they're adding he's got she's got to add more and more layers of skin and muscle Love onto it. him, you know. Um, <laughs> the effects the effects are still great, like it's yeah. it's gorgeous. But I think we're talking about the movie and not talking about Pinhead. Yeah. So uh, in terms of scariness, how scary is Pinhead? I'm of two minds about this because on the one hand, I find Pinhead's deal sort of confusing. Which okay. which doesn't doesn't scare me like ambiguity can be scare like I mean he's an angel demon exploring the the border between pleasure and pain I don't know what's confusing <laughs> yeah. about that I mean he just wants he wants to show you sights Dan yeah he yeah. used to be a World War One soldier I don't, I don't know. understand he, what's wrong with that yeah. <laughs> yeah he just like shows up if you do a, a Rubik's cube and then he's like hey like you wanted me for some reason even though like. Even though I'm clearly gonna flay you, but that's gonna <laughs> like, be sexy to you. He's, he's like, a I genie guess. who thinks that everyone who rubs his lamp is turned on by being flayed. Basically, yeah. yeah. Basically, I, I, that's the best explanation of his deal I've ever heard, and it kind of makes me like him more. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> confusingness isn't scary to me. Like, you know, ambiguity, all those other things are more scary. That said, like, just having like unasked for bondage people show up at my door. <laughs> Like in my apartment, <laughs> that would scare me a lot. <laughs> I'd be like, "What's going on?" <laughs> like I just, I just bought this puzzle box at an art at an antique store. I didn't ask for the rest of it to come along. <laughs> I'm not saying I couldn't get into it, but this is a lot all at once. <laughs> so yeah. you're like, guys, are we going to a KMFDM concert? What's going on? <laughs> this would be a radical shift in my vibe, and maybe you can convince me over time. But right now. Let's put, uh, like Dan's yeah, like, are wearing a lot of wet leather lately. What's going on? Yeah, oh, he's got these yeah, new yeah. friends. <laughs> like uh, they're either super into the Matrix or they're Cenobites. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's great. I, I think that adds up to a seven. That's all I'm saying. Oh, for scariness, okay. I'm giving him a nine. Super scary look. His he, the guys he hangs out with are super scary and weird, and the they. 
Um, they think that they're you, that you're gonna like the things that they're doing to you, which makes it scarier to me. That it's like, ooh, I'm doing you a favor by torturing you. This is gonna be fun for you. Uh, but he loses it a little bit for me from because they gave him a backstory, and I don't want to know yeah. where he came from. And so that the more I know about him, the less scary he is. If I know, it's the same the same thing that gets me about a lot of these these. Uh, characters from movies is once you start telling me their names and I have to think about how they have a birthday and possibly a social security number that makes it less scary to me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. Like I'm going to give him a nine, but it is one of those things where like part of the appeal is the idea that like, I am drawn to like knowledge of the forbidden. Like I'm drawn uh -huh. to the like things you shouldn't know. Uh, and so it's scary that that could lead to you getting your skin ripped off. But, like, the ironic side is the more you find out, the less exciting it is. Yes. <laughs> Much like NBC told us in those PSAs, the more you know, uh, the less scary About something Pinhead, becomes. the yeah. less scary it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, Pin still pretty Pinhead, good. Pinhead, he did one of those. He goes, hey, I know you want to know all about where I'm from and what my deal is. You don't. It's going to make me a lot less interesting, a lot less <laughs> well, scary. Well, that's and it's why like, the there are all those know. signs that say if you see something about Pinhead, say something about Pinhead. Because the more you say about Pinhead, the less scary he is. Well, it's well, yeah. it, and and as as Heisenberg told us, the more you observe about Pinhead, the less scary he is. The yeah. less you observe, you so the our act of observing him affects his, his actual principle. Experience. Yeah, that's his his uncertainty unibite. Uh, his, his centibite uncertainty principle. Yeah. <laughs> Now I think you cannot uh, observe think, and be afraid of them at the same time. No. So far, Pinhead's doing pretty good, and I think he's going to do pretty well in this next category. That's star power. How much star power does our boy have? Uh, or uh, are they them? I can't remember. There's a uh, in yes, the in the reboot. That's it's, true. Uh, it's an androgynous. Uh, they're an androgynous character, right? Yeah, I, ha I haven't seen the reboot, uh, so possibly I could uh, be wrong. Please correct me in oh, the comments. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say ten out of ten with star power. Anytime a character is a supporting character in a movie and then takes over the series, they have to have a certain amount of inborn star power. In my yes. mind, there is this direct connection between Pinhead and Rob Halford from Judas Priest, and I don't know why, uh -huh. other than that they're just kind of thin, tall, balding British gentlemen who wear leather. Who? A lot of leather, yes. A lot of leather. And and Rob Halford to me is is a, is an enormous star. So I've he's so the even metal if, god. He's the metal god. So if if even if uh, if Pinhead is just kind of leeching off of that association, that still grants them an enormous amount of, of yeah. star power. Yep. Yeah. So ten out of ten. I'm giving ten out of ten for star power. Uh, I, I just like Hell, Hellraiser as a series. I think it's weird because it like starts with, I think, an, uh, uh, an unusual amount of ambition for this sort of thing. I mean, because Clive Barker himself is behind it, and then. As the series goes on, it becomes one of like the junkiest, schlockiest of these long-running things with yeah. just whatever crap. So again, there's like an an effect of like the aggregate taking, uh, you know, what would be a higher score down. But I do think that Pinhead, despite that, has such a unique look. You know, it's like, what the hell is this thing? Like, what's going on here uh, with this man who is like bisected by pins on his head? <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'll give him an eight. So I think even in those later ones, it's uh, Pinhead in those later Hellraiser movies. It's like Joan Crawford in Trog or like Marlon Brando in The Island of Dr. Moreau. You're like, this is slumming, but this is a star. Like I yeah. see that this is a star and I see why they were a star. And I'm also going to throw in there, I'm, I'm giving Pinhead 10 out of 10. Part of it is also, he's got like that super deep, sexy voice that's like, that should be so soothing 
but there's also like an alien quality to it. It's amazing. Like as soon yeah. as he shows up, you're like, that's why like a million shitty bands have sampled fucking Hellraiser clips for their songs. Uh, yeah. What a yeah. And and what a he's banger. not a, he's not afraid to share the share the spotlight. He's got his, but he also has an entourage. And so the like a lot of these, he's he can you know he's the leader of a group, and that's got star power in it right there. You yeah, know? he's got. Chatterbox, Butterball, and Lady Cenobite. <laughs> and Lady Cenobite, no name given. Yeah. <laughs> and CD, uh, and CD well, Man, right? It's Creole Lady Cenobite. <laughs> it's what? Yeah. Creole Lady Cenobite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's a good hear, parody I song I need to hear the that. melody. Um, yeah. Okay, so, uh, okay, Pinhead's doing really well. Yeah, Let's yeah, get you your skin all off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot? Get your, you get your skin all off. <laughs> Cruel lady centibite. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, are we out? Okay. Uh, We've got time for this mini to keep doing a, that parody, yeah. right? Yeah, we can really workshop this one. Uh, let's, yeah, let's call Lin-Manuel Miranda to jump in here. Um, okay. Uh, Elliot, pick a number between 1 and 14. Uh, 10. Oh, okay. This is actually, this might be a challenge. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, how good do you think Pinhead could be a great guest on WTF with Mark Maron? Oh, I mean, I'm going to give that a 10. That's that's not difficult to me at all. Yeah. yeah. The stories they've got that the, uh, the you know, just ha how lucidly and articulately Pinhead is going to be able to talk about that. And you know, at some point, Mark Maron used the limit configuration, was mean to Pinhead, Piss them off, and now Mark Maron's like, "Do we have beef? What's what's our beef?" Except <laughs> yeah, the problem yeah. is going to be who are Pinhead's guys. <laughs> well, this unfortunately, Mark Maron's going to be where are you from? Who are your guys? What did your parents do for a living? And I don't want to know any of that. That's not that's not going to be useful to me. <clears throat> he also uh, has no relationship with Lauren Michaels that we know of. <laughs> well, that when when uh, when Mark Maron starts asking Pinhead about who was the doorman at Catch or at the Laugh Factory <laughs> when he was performing yeah. there, like that'll be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like Penhead seems pretty humorless to me. So I think the conversation would be a might dry. That's my my concern. I think it'll. Okay. I mean, I hate to up. break it to you, Dan. Even the conversations with comedians on WTF are often <laughs> dry. Wow! Wow! Uh, okay, so let's uh, drop a score on this bad boy. Elliot? I'm gonna. Okay. I'll say. I'll say ten. Ten. Great guest. Damn. Uh, if only I want to hear Mark Marin. He does this whole thing about where he's just performed and how much he liked that theater. Didn't like that. And he goes, So, Pinhead, didn't know what to know about this Cenobite, didn't know how to feel about it, <laughs> but you know, I was worried, worried they were going to flame my skin, but you know, we had a good talk. And here it is. And then you hear Pinhead going, oh, So we just start right now? Or are we waiting for anything? <laughs> no, no, let's just go. Let's just go. <laughs> and Mark Marin's like, Where do all these chains come from? <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm wet. Gonna, I'm your leather giving... is very wet. What's with, it's yeah. wet leather. I never would have thought leather would be wet. Well, you know, uh, I live in a uh, dimension of flesh, so uh, things <laughs> get wet, and it's a constant windexing of the leather to uh, get the <laughs> gore and viscera off. Uh, solid scores for old Pinhead. He might be the one to beat. Um, okay, so we are on our last, uh, our last villain for the day. And we got to round it out with a big one. That's right, Freddy Krueger. Oh wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, Freddy Krueger. On a scale of, have you guys seen any of these movies? You ever heard of this guy, Freddy Krueger? <laughs> heard of him? Frederick J. Krueger. Yeah. Uh, no, I think have I you have, heard of him, bitch? <laughs> I think I've seen all of them except for the lousy reboot. 
Okay. Unless maybe I watched that sometime. I don't even remember. I yeah, I think I've seen. I'm gonna all guess the old you ones. did. <laughs> I I've seen all the old ones, and did I watch Freddy vs. Jason all the way through? I think so. So in the uh, theater. <laughs> but uh, but Freddy, but the Freddy, the Freddy Krueger will get is someone one of these characters, one of many of these horror characters where I feel like the character is better than the work that he appears in. Much like Sherlock Holmes. I feel like the character itself is is at a higher level than the actual the actual <laughs> yeah. narrative, you know. Oh man, uh, it's it's okay. rare that I've walked out of a Freddy Krueger movie and been like, "That was good, <laughs> that was good yeah, and scary." Uh, uh. <laughs> um, I yeah, I don't know that I've ever found him super scary because, in my mind, don't come at me like I like these movies. But even the first one, the one that everyone's like, that's the, you know, that's super scary, like, is a little goofy to me. It's like less goofy than later on when Freddy starts cracking jokes all the time. But, yeah. you know, those big, like, arms going <laughs> across and, like, scraping. You don't think the that's scary? That's not what and, a human arm should do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So I'm going to, uh, I got to go with, I mean, although, although, hold on. Okay. His deal, his whole deal is pretty <laughs> scary. Story, the whole concept of him the, is scary. The idea that he cannot, you cannot go to sleep. I mean, that's something you can't fight. So Even that, that bumped he is it a, up. And Dan loves to go to sleep. <laughs> Dan loves to He's got all that time on his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the I think, so I'm going to give it three ratings, three different ratings still. One, when I was a kid, 10 super scary. Just seeing his face, very scary. And when I was a kid, Freddy Krueger was being shoved down children's throats. There were lunchboxes. There was the talking doll. For some reason, this character was trying to make the leap from horror teenager and adult viewing to family fair, family material. I'm amazed there wasn't a cartoon. Like, it's it, it seems crazy to me, but he seems so scary. As an adult, like Dan, I find him less scary than, like, off-putting in some ways. Uh, the fact that he wears a hat and a sweater <laughs> and sometimes sunglasses <laughs> is, makes him much less scary to me. Anytime, that, like, the fact that uh, there's a continuum between Freddy Krueger and Spuds McKenzie in terms of, like, wearing sunglasses <laughs> to look cool, yes. that makes him less scary. But the back, the idea behind him is so, and I feel like it's never been achieved as well as it really could be, the fact that he is a child molester. He is a real-life villain who was murdered and is now getting revenge. And that he's that there's no the fact that someone would be getting revenge who is was already a scary person, you know, that he's not yes. a, he's not a wronged innocent. Not not saying that anyone who's accused of a crime should have their house burned down around them. But the yes. but uh that there's something very Good scary safe, about yeah. that and that he strikes at young people through their dreams. It's really scary. But often the way he does that is so goofy that it's not it's not as scary as it could be, you know. Okay, so on scariness, where does Freddy fall? So when I'm a kid, nine. As a grown-up, I'm going to say four. Yeah. Mm. But if I was reading, I feel like if I was reading a novel with the same premise, the same character, he might be up to an eight in terms of scariness. I feel like Mm -hmm. it loses a little something by the the needs of of, of movies. Which, like, you have to see Let him. me text Alan Dean Foster, see if we can crank out a quick <laughs> one for you. I mean, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just go down the middle at a five. Okay. Imagine how and much yeah. scarier it would be if this, if this was, like, a Richard Bachman novel. Like, if oh, Stephen yeah, King yeah. wrote a Richard Bachman, Freddy Krueger novel. It would be scary. It would be, yeah. it would be scary. a really scary book. Oh. 
and there'd be a lot of muscle cars. Um, yeah, so that's, and with muscle cars, uh, yeah, and we'd be complaining about how things weren't as good as they were in the 50s, yeah, and listening to doo-wop music and stuff like that, <laughs> sure. Speaking in uh, the most confusing slang you've ever dreamt of. Um, <laughs> so uh, I will, I'm also giving Freddie a five. I feel like part of the, one of the one of the challenges of this series is the ambition that they have kind of pushed the envelope as far as uh, special effects in a horror movie are concerned. Mm-hmm. But like, it's hard for it not to, as you said, seem a little silly or chintzy at times. I would say uh, with- But luckily with, I still like them. I still think they're great. Yeah. I think they're still fun. I, I think there's a, there's a, except for a few exceptions, I feel like for me, m- massive special effects and horror do not fully- mesh uh unless uh-huh. there's a really strong concept behind it uh yeah. it's like because i keep thinking about how they did it or i mean it's like or when he turns into the sexy lady with the tongue that lashes out and, and ties the guy to the bed right and it's <laughs> like scary it's like <laughs> it looks, it's so silly it's so, <laughs> it happened to my friend once <laughs> really oh no yeah, yeah he was telling me it sounds really scary um okay so uh i think i think I think we can all agree that this next category might be Freddy's. That's right, star power. Oh, can yeah. we go above 10? Is that possible? Yeah, 10 out of 10. I mean, iconic look. He's got the no sweater, question. the hat, the <laughs> razor The razor gloves. glove is, I, I can't believe we didn't talk about that in terms of scariness. That is, I feel, without that glove, I feel like Freddy does not get the chance to be in enough movies to really develop the goofy character that we've come to love and been yeah. happy to this game. Like that and love with the with the blades on it is a, is a brilliant idea. It's great, and, yeah. yeah. And Robert Englund, we, you know, we got to yes. say, like, like yes. he's got, he's bringing so much to that part. He yeah. is yeah. so I mean, good. Yeah, he's incredible. He's, he's uh, yeah, by 10 far, out of 10, 10s across the board. I would say like he is, I, w- I would put him up as probably the greatest like continuing horror character performance, you know, in building yeah. that character. It's like, um, other than, um, I guess I don't know if it's continue. I feel like uh, the, the, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point, but like uh, the original performance of Leatherface is so, there's something so amazing mm-hmm. in that. But it's hard to do a scary monster that talks and Robert Englund yeah. pulls it off really well, you know? Man, he's so good. Um, okay, so uh, let's wrap it up with a lucky dip. This might uh, This might mess up Freddy here. Dan, can you give me a number between 1 and 14, no dupes? I'm supposed to remember everything we've said before. I'll, 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 I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, I'll play it safe and do one because I'm pretty sure we haven't done that. Oh, man. this is this is. I think he's got this one. On a scale of 1 to 10, how likely are you to want to have a beer with Freddy Krueger? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it, look, obviously very funny guy. <laughs> Got a lot of like chummy charm about him. I can see you know him, he's like, got a, he's a good storyteller. He's a rap I can tour. see him really loving, uh, you know, kicking back at the bar. On the other hand, he is a child murderer <laughs> plus <laughs> question <true>. mark. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that that is a very trumping kind of uh, part of it. That I'm, you know, he he's so charming. I'll give him as high as a two, but that's his. As high as I'm willing to go. Okay. A two from Dan. Elliot. I feel like you go down to your local watering hole, do you invite <laughs> Freddy Cruz? I feel like I am gonna give him a one and that I'm not inviting him, but <laughs> if I happen through some machination of whatever plot I'm in to end up at a sort of Mose Eisley Cantina of horror bad guys, 
then Freddie is definitely, and Freddie plops down at the stool next to me. I'm definitely talking to him for a while. Yeah. So in that, in that, in that limited scenario, you're right. He yeah. would probably be your best choice. <laughs> I wouldn't, I would normally wouldn't reach out to a murderer of any kind to come and hang out with me. Uh, <laughs> but if I happen to be in this, if this, this monster bar, then yeah. unless Dracula's there, then I think I'm going to talk to, I think I'm going to talk to Freddie. Now, there's this yeah, monster yeah, bar. Does true. it have a novelty song associated with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it's- laughs> they all went to the monster bar. Who was at I the monster tell you, Elliot, bar? <laughs> while, Elliot, while you were living in New York, there was a monster bar in New York. It was called the Jekyll and Hyde Club. You could yeah, go no, there I'm familiar with the Jekyll and Hyde Club. I'm familiar. That's not exactly I what I'm looking out. for. I, I, I never went. Did you never go to the Jekyll and Hyde Club? <laughs> what? You oh, would man, have loved you it. You haven't lived. Yeah. It was the, I went there a bunch of times when I was a kid. It is the cheesiest thing in the world. It was the cheesiest thing in the world. You would have loved it. I mean, as a kid, it I thought it was been, cool. Man. I think it would have been life-changing if Dan had Yeah. Done. I think you, the whole trajectory of your life I kept putting it off. Different. Yeah. I was like, there'll always be time. And you know what? It's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, happened not true. With, that happened to me with Mars 2112. <laughs> I, I was like, I have to experience this dumbass place. But I waited too long. Never got to uh, go. Yeah, I'm only. I'm gonna give Freddie a three. I mean, I think he's probably a good hang. Uh, the vibes are a little off. Uh, yeah. And of course, obviously, as we mentioned, he has like let's say a complicated backstory. Uh, and also, I feel like there's some level of him. Uh, like, I feel like he would be a pain in the ass for the bartender because he's just doing yes. bits all the fucking time. Yes. Uh, yeah. And like, you know, there's sometimes I don't want to go out with somebody who's gonna overshadow me. You know, like he's got a big personality that can be a real drain. So you have selfish reasons not to go out selfish with Selfish reasons, Kruger. yeah. I, I'll he, admit I, it. Maybe I'm the monster. I guarantee you, you will, yeah, you will have the experience of Freddy Krueger that I feel like I've had if I'm sitting in a bar outside of a major city where you're talking to someone you don't know, you're having a good time, you're getting along, they're real friendly, they say something that you do not approve of, and you have to figure out how to extricate yourself from that conversation politely so that things don't go don't go away you don't want to, but you do not want to be in so Freddy Krueger's going to say something where you're like, Okay, I no longer want to be in a conversation with this person. Like I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to silently acquiesce on that. You know. Yeah, that's never happened to me as a bartender <laughs> as in New a York bartender. City. It's weird. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't leave in that scenario. Okay. You have to. <laughs> so we we have uh, we have some big scores here. We're gonna tally them up uh, next time because we have seven more baddies to rank. Um, I can't wait. Uh, thanks so much for playing where this show is part of the Max Fun Podcast Network. There's tons of really fun and spooky podcasts out there for Shocktober. Um, I am Stuart Wellington. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Elliot Kalen saying come on and see us October 19th at Vidiots, vidiotsfoundation.org. Okay, bye. <laughs> Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.